0: I think it is very important that brands have a face. And I know particularly for my market of moms, they don't want to buy from nameless, faceless brands. They want to buy from people who are just like them, who are relatable. Um, and, and what makes people relatable and what makes people loyal to them and makes them trustworthy is visibility. So getting out there and getting in front of people makes you visible, which leads to trust, which leads to loyalty, which leads to sales.
1: Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Haefling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Today I am joined by Julie Cole, the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. Julie, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited to chat with you. Yes, I am as well. And so how about we start off with having you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company. Sure,
0: sure. Okay, so as you mentioned, my name is Julie Cole. I'm the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. I'm also a parenting blogger and I'm a mom of six, so I've been very busy hectic life which is good it keeps me out of trouble <laughs> um, so mabel's labels uh for those who don't know this company i started 17 years ago with other women and it uh what we make is is personalized durable labels for kids and the stuff they lose and and it came about for a couple of reasons the first reason was that we were young moms with young kids at the time and we noticed that a, a product was missing from the market. We had um, our kids in daycare and we going to groups so and we were using, you know, putting their names on with mat, like markers and, and masking tape, but that didn't really work. So we thought there must be something durable out there, and there wasn't. So so we created it, and we did a lot of you know R and D. We had material sitting in our dishwashers for uh, you know a year. So uh, we finally found a product that worked for us, and we started a dishwasher, microwave-safe label that was being used on kids' bottles and sippy cups. And now there's a whole range of products, from iron-ons to shoe labels to uh, just peel-and-stick clothing labels to allergy alerts and bag tags and,
1: and you name it. So nobody is losing anything on our watch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I love sort of hearing, you know, the background of it and definitely, you know, seeing the need for that product. And then do you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, it's definitely grown, um, a lot since it's first started and a little bit about that and maybe, you know, some of the marketing strategies that went
0: in. Sure. Into yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, like I say, 17 years ago, it was a product missing from the market. So we thought, okay, let's do this. So, what that looked like I actually started with three other women and in those early days I mean you know we were doing all of the, the hustle like doing finding material doing our marketing trying to make sales and, and also what was tricky really was that we were introducing a product to the market that didn't really exist but Luckily for us, it it was a product that really made sense to moms and it really made sense. So, you know, people would be using their Mabel's labels at daycare and somebody'd be like, what the heck is that? And where did you get it? I need that product. Mm -hmm. So it it was handy that the product kind of spoke to itself. But initially, a real marketing barrier can be having to kind of teach your market that they need your product. So that was kind of our first step. And yes, we've definitely grown a lot. So we started in, like I say, my sister's one basement. And it was busy times, making labels kind of all night, getting up the next morning, raising kids, doing the do. And then uh, and we got to the point, I think really our first sense of, oh, I think we're going to make this is we got a really neat hit. And it was uh, on this thing, this website called Daily Candy Kids, and it was where people just submitted products that they liked, and somebody in LA had submitted us, and we had no idea, and then all of a sudden, all these orders just came flooding in, so that was our first taste. That was our, like, a really nice PR hit for us. Um, After that, we had more and more of our labels sort of out there in the wild. People would see them, and then, again, go and order them, because they thought, "I, I need to have this, for us, the real game changer was social media. Um, and that's because moms, you know, I often say that moms talk about products that we love, like it's our full-time job. And and before social media, we were doing that, you know, at the school drop-off or at the side of the soccer field. It's the old, you know, she told two friends and she told two friends. And that is very true. Moms are very word of mouthy. But. And what we found was once social media hit, and we, are, are, we were very early adopters because we, we knew it made sense. That's where all the moms were. I mean, the moms were owning Facebook. The moms were starting blogs, you know. All this was happening. I've been going to blogging conferences since the first blogging conference known to humankind because that was where we could connect with our, with our people. And so what social media did is it, it brought that word of mouth online. It became a vehicle for us. And, uh, and like I said, we, we embraced it and we nurtured it. And we knew that our audience of moms love community. Um, so we have over 200,000 fans now. We have a big Instagram following. We're just doing our TikTok um, strategy right now. We just make sure that we go where our moms are and we communicate with them in a way as a brand that they want to be spoken to so as a result of some of that marketing success and some of the things we've done um we do yeah we do we've grown now to we have uh 40 full-time employees and um we uh we have a, a our facility is a, about a seventeen thousand square foot facility and It's where our IT department is, our production facility, our marketing, our finance, our customer service team. We all live there. Although most of us are working from home at the moment to deal with this COVID situation. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, definitely. That makes sense. And I love, you know, sort of hearing about the growth of it. And I think there was a lot of great points there. And, you know, a big one is sort of going where the audience is and making sure you're speaking them into a way that will really resonate with them. Um, and with that too, I'm curious, you know, you're definitely, you know, a very experienced entrepreneur and is there sort of one challenge that you think many entrepreneurs face when starting a business or maybe a challenge that you faced while running your own business?
0: Right. Um, oh gosh, there's so many challenges, right? So, I mean, I think a a few things where we tend to get stuck, I think for, I think for some people, so these are two separate challenges, but. I think it's hard for solopreneurs. Like, I think it can be very lonely. You know, I think, you know, you're starting out, you're doing everything on your own. You don't have, you know, a business partner to bounce ideas off of. So I think, like, my advice there would be, if you're a solopreneur, make sure that you're connecting online. There are great, um, groups, there's great rooms and clubhouses, there's great places that you can be connecting with entrepreneurs. And make sure you do that because it can be very isolating and be very lonely. Often you're working out of the house and you're not really taking a great break because entrepreneurs are also kind of control freaks so we gotta work all the time and get all the things done. So just make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're getting that support um that, that you that you may need as a solo solo entrepreneur uh the other thing too I mean I I think with me having three partners there were a lot of benefits to that um we had four great different brains coming to the table we had lots of people to bounce ideas off of if somebody was going through some issues at home maybe you know not issues but say we're having a baby or something like that you needed somebody to cover you we had coverage for each other we kind of really were there to hold each each other up but there are also challenges with that, because then suddenly you might find you're micromanaging your partner, or you're wondering, hmm, are they doing as much as me, or you're stepping on each other's toes, or you're, you know, there's a whole bunch of things there to be managed as well, and I, we did it quite well, but I think one of our big lessons is learning how the others best communicate um, and adapt to our communication styles to, to suit the whole partnership. So I think, you know, whether you are a solopreneur or you have partners, there's unique challenges um for those different situations i, I think I, I touched on a bit about the control free stuff i do think that we have a hard time delegating and that can be hard because you can get burnt out and i think that is problematic because especially if you keep doing all the things like if you're doing all the things then you're working so hard in the business you're not working on the business and that is going to hinder your growth if you're not working on the business then nobody is. So an example for us was, you know, the first people we hired were the worker bees, the people who could make the labels, because if we were so busy making the labels, we weren't thinking about selling the labels or marketing the labels or figuring out what we were going to do next. How is our business plan coming along? What is our product development like? So you don't want to get so busy putting out the little brush fires and doing that stuff so that you're not thinking like that, you know, pie in the sky. You've got to be taking that view because again, as, as I said, if you're not doing it, nobody is. So yeah, a a couple of those challenges would be making sure you're, you're, you're getting the support you need, making sure that you're, um, delegating when and where you can and making sure you, you keep focused on growing your business. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. I think those are some great points. And, you know, especially too with burnout, I think, especially right now, um, entrepreneurs and everyone in general is feeling that a lot more and trying to find that balance. Um, Everyone working from home right now. And I guess, do you have any sort of tips on that sort of how to avoid I think, like you said, delegating tasks, I think is great so that you're able to focus, but any other tips on that, or even just the time management aspect in general?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, to your point, Sarah, like everybody's working from home now and that brings a whole host of other challenges, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're trying to be super productive, but a lot of people, a lot of women entrepreneurs particularly are trying to be productive. Well, you know, their kids are getting underfoot and they're needing, you know, help with online schooling. And we know, we know from the stats and the studies that, the, the burden of of the emotional uh, you know and physical demands of parenthood are, it's falling mostly on women still. So, not only are we trying to run our businesses and remain profitable and and and, and grow and probably mentor people and do all that, we also have a, kids um, interrupting our meetings and that sort of thing. And we also are dealing with you know some of the guilt that can come along with not being able to be there as much for our kids to support them in their online learning. So I think we do need to balance all these things out. And a couple of things that I do, I do have six kids. Um, luckily, I'm kind of at an easy point. The youngest is 11. So my kids are all fairly independent their learning, which is awesome. I don't know what I would have done. You know if this had been 10 years ago i really don't with so many i had so many young children then and babies so it would it would have been tough so i'm really feeling it for you mamas out there um so i i think uh you know a couple things i do with my kids first of all with the online learning i do really train them to be independent if they're struggling a little bit i try not to jump in and rescue them i let them try and struggle it out and figure it out um I also let the teachers know what my capacity is. You know what like with my little guy Um, I said we'll do the math. We'll do the spelling. We'll do those things But if you expect him to be doing uh, a Virtual tour of the san diego zoo and then writing about an animal i'm like we can't be doing that stuff like I like my, This this little particular guy of mine is ADD adhd So you kind of need somebody really there keeping him on task and that's very challenging so I just let the teacher it's, it's all about managing expectations I would, you know communicate with the school about what we can do and what we can't can't do and and they understand um, communication also with, with my family and like in the morning we do that huddle and I'm like guys I've got zooms at this time I've got a media interview at this time I've got and so at those times, I need you to leave me the heck alone and I need you and I need you to not be live streaming. I need all the Wi-Fi juice this house has to offer. And if I get booted off cause you're playing Minecraft, your with your pals, you're all dead to me. So I, I think it is about, you know, communicating. I also think um, implementing a non um, a non-verbal communication system is great with kids too. So on my office door. You know, the green sticker means, come on in, come on out. I'm just working away, but I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. The yellow means, come on in, but I might be talking to somebody. So can keep it down. Red means, if you're in this room, this house better be on fire or your brother better be drinking bleach under the sink. <laughs> it better be bad. <laughs> so at least then they know. I do try to give them the attention that I can when I can. So I, um, it's it's a balance. We make mistakes, and then we, uh, we figure it out.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I I definitely think, you know, everyone's sort of going through that learning curve this year. So it's great that, you know, you're able to find those, those routines and, you know, those different tactics that really help make it flow. So that's really great to hear. So you talked about sort of before, you know, a moment when you realize sort of, that you had the great idea for the business and that this could really go somewhere. Is there sort of any other big highlights or big successful moments that really stand out to you from your journey?
0: Yeah, right. That's a good point. Um, I think there were all these like little milestones along the way, but I will say that one of the moments that we really felt like, okay, we've, we've arrived or, you know, we've, We've achieved some sort of level of success was when um, we all quit our day jobs. Like everybody was able to quit their day jobs and um, we were able to make enough money off the business that we didn't have to go back to work and that we were able to still provide, you know, a, a decent income for our families and contribute for families that way. That felt very much like, whoa, what a moment, you know? Mhm, that That's, was definitely yeah, that was definitely a biggie, but there's been lots of things along the way, you know, like um you know i've been I've been able to get a lot of media for the company, and you know, I was on the Today show, and uh you know we got our product into walmart and uh you know so we we' had a bunch of games we one we won some pretty big entrepreneurial awards, which always feel great, and I would actually speaking to the awards. Uh, I would give some advice that whoever's listening, if you thought about applying for business awards, I say do it. And I say do it for a couple of reasons. One is, um, I think it's good practice. Like, I think it's good for you to fill out the application form because sometimes it makes you dust off your business plan. It makes you think what your future is going to hold. Yeah, doing the exercise of filling out the application in itself is very valuable. I also think it's just great to to put yourself out there, and you know, if you do win an award, then it gives you some great PR and it it uh, positions you as an expert in your field. And those are all good things. I found once we won a couple awards, you know, my phone really started ringing when reporters wanted to talk to say a mom who started a business or you know, a, a woman entrepreneur, they would, I was kind of coming up in the Rolodex a little more often. So, and I think the awards helped with
1: that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's really great advice. And that brings up a great point too, is, you know, you have done a lot of, you know, speaking events and do you have just any advice for someone who maybe is looking to get more into that, or maybe if they're starting, you know, to really sort of amplify that as well.
0: Yeah, and look, you know what, Sarah, I think that's an excellent question, because I think it is very important that brands have a face. And I know particularly for my market of moms, they don't want to buy from nameless, faceless brands. They want to buy from people who are just like them, who are relatable. Um, and and what makes people relatable and what makes people loyal to them and makes them trustworthy is visibility. So getting out there and getting in front of people makes you visible, which leads to trust, which leads to loyalty, which leads to sales. So this is all this is all good. I have to say though, I feel, you know, I, I really feel it for um, a lot of people love to do their business from sort of behind their computer and in their office. And I totally get that. But I would challenge you to to put yourself out there a little bit, even if it's outside of your comfort zone, maybe get a coach or maybe ask somebody in PR to help you just do a little, you know, press sheet, or maybe force yourself to go to a networking event once a month. Just whatever your goals are, whenever you set your goals at the beginning of the year, just challenge yourself to put yourself out there. See if you can do a podcast interview, see if you can write a blog post for somewhere, for something, whether it's in your industry or towards your market. I do a lot of you know i do a lot of speaking to parents and i'm doing one on monday about how to make a cool co-working space between you and your kids at home during covid so by pro- providing great content gives you opportunity to get there out, out there as well and that you're an expert and people are getting to know your company and your name and your face and again it's building that trust so i think um you know if it's something that you're considering start small just volunteer to speak at events volunteer to speak at a local business association you got to practice sometime right and uh and just start there and and let people know i've got a few friends who are like julie if you ever can't do a speaking engagement i'd love to do it for you if you'd be willing to suggest my name and i'm like i love it that's fantastic now i've got like you know a handful of people if i can't do something that i would recommend and you know, we. I think we women do a great job of lifting each other up and supporting each other, and certainly, um, I would just get yourselves out there and then uh, and just you know what, say yes and figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, definitely I, I love that, and I think it's it is so important and um like you said, I think you know female entrepreneurs really do want to support each other, so any way that that's possible and I think it is really great for businesses and any exposure you can get is you know it's it's great just to make those connections and that's a great point too is you know if there's something that you've really learned about yourself through running your own business that you'd like to share.
0: Oh, something I learned about myself. Um, Oh, that's a good question. Um, I I think, okay, a couple of things. I mean, obviously I've learned a lot of lessons, right? And that and and things about myself that way. But um, I think probably the things that I've learned about myself that are, have been most useful is that um, I don't take myself too seriously. I, of course I take my business seriously. Of course, I take raising my family and my children seriously in that, but I don't, you know, like, but I'm running around, and everybody's running around, and and, and life is crazy, and we're like, we got to get the labels out the door, you know, the, uh, it's back to school, and we got to get them out. I'm like, yes, we do have to them out, but you know what, we're not saving lives here. We're making labels, right? So, you know what, we'll get the labels out the door, and if we're day behind, that's terrible. We have to let our customers know this is awful, and that's not how we do things. Um, and we we take our customer service very seriously, but at the same time, I'm not doing the high maneuver in that moment. We haven't pulled out the defibrillator again. We make the label. So I think my secret sauce to being because obviously a big question people ask me, you, you know, how do you manage the business, the babies, blogging all at once? And really, it it has been uh, the secret sauce has been just not taking myself too seriously, keeping everything in perspective, and that's even with kids. I mean, the kids are fine. Like I just don't get myself. So Wound up about the kids. <laughs> like, you know what? If they have hot dogs for dinner two nights in a row, so be it. They're fine. Like, for the entrepreneurs who're struggling and, and, you know, you got a lot on, I just think remind yourself 100 years out, what will it matter? Even, you know, five years out, what will it matter? You've got to really just keep it all in perspective. If you're not having fun, you know, if you're not enjoying your family, if you're not enjoying your, your work, then you're doing it wrong. So just uh, probably the big lesson there is just to keep it all in check.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I think that's such a great piece of advice. And, you know, I think it comes back to is, you know, you have to be in that right mindset as well. And if you're sort of stressing about those things, then, then you won't be. And you, like you said, you won't be enjoying your business or any other aspects. So I think that's such a great point you know point and a lot of things that, you know, entrepreneurs might sometimes forget. So It's great to, you know, remember that. And if there was sort of one key tip or one piece of advice that you think really, you know, helped put the business to where it is today, uh, what would that be? Um, oh gosh,
0: there's a lot, a lot, a lot, but I'm going to say something um, that I think maybe we're not always the best at. I think, um, you know, get help get the help. Don't be afraid to ask questions. We, in those early days, we picked the brains of every person we met on the street. We asked accountants questions. We asked uh, business advisors questions. We asked mothers questions, teachers, anyone, anyone who we thought could help us. We just were shameless. Um, And, you know, get, get help. I've got a friend who, uh, she always says you need every, every entrepreneur needs a, needs a mentor a coach and a therapist so <laughs> and i she might be right but i do think you know there are resources out there um and, and take advantage of them there are a lot of lot of uh, small business um government-run programs there's funding there's grants there's coaches there's mentors there's uh, online communities and groups i think just surround yourself like with good smart people who will help you and you know like they say if you're not the smartest person in the, if you're if you are the smartest person in the room find yourself a new room
1: Hmm. Definitely. I think that's such a great piece of advice. And like you said, there is so many great resources out there that, you know, some, some specifically for female entrepreneurs, some for businesses in general. And so really, you know, using those resources and reaching out, I think is so great and, you know, helps not only build the business, but to expand as well. Um, and then if you had sort of one thing that you could tell yourself when you were starting your business, um, what would that be? Uh, well, if I had had a crystal ball, it would have, um,
0: probably a couple of things. It would have been nice to know how things were going to go because, (laughs) you know, you spend a lot of sleepless nights, right? Like you do and you're thinking, what's going to happen? I'm putting so much sweat equity into this. I'm investing my own money. What is going to happen? Probably would have brought me a you know a little bit more rest if I knew it was all going to be okay. We felt good about it, but it certainly would have been okay. The other thing to me is a little bit personal as well. So, you know we started the business because um, there was a we wanted to create a product. But I had a second reason for wanting to start the business, and that was because my son, who was then just turned three, and he already had two younger sisters, so it was already busy. He had been diagnosed with autism. And I was um, a lawyer, and I didn't think that the, life, uh, in the in life in the traditional workforce was going to suit me any longer. I wanted to be able to provide an amazing program for my son and create a, um, an ABA therapy program for him. And that required uh, quite a bit of time and flexibility. So that's when we started the company. And I can tell you, at that time as a mother, it was very worrisome. I didn't know what the future for my son. I didn't know what the future for my business. Uh, But I'm very happy to report 17 years on my son Mac is now a 30 year University student living away on campus with his friends. He Has a driver's license. He's a lifeguard. He spent last summer in Africa doing a service trip He's an amazing big brother to his five little brothers and sisters and a wonderful son And uh, so I can say as Mabel's labels has grown and thrived. So has my kid and if I had If I, if I, I had many sleepless nights about him too. So it would have been nice to know he was going to be all right, but a lot of hard work on the sun and on the business. And here we are. Wow.
1: I, I love that story. And, you know, thank you for sharing. And I think that, you know, it is, it is great to sort of, you know, see, see those things all come together. And you brought up another great point there too, about, you know, when you were looking to sort of take, take the business full time. And I know you said there was the point when when all the all the co founders, you know, decided now is that now's the time to sort of move into that. And do you want to just share about, you know, how did you know that was the right time to make that move? It's that's a very,
0: that's a very good question, Sarah, because I think I get asked that all the time. and I don't know that there's a straight answer, I think, because it is hard to know. It's like, it's all those things like when you put the cart before the horse, like you have to spend money to make money. If you continue doing your day job, you don't have the time or the energy to put it into your, your side hustle. So it's so many factors. And I think a couple of factors to think about is like, what can you actually feasibly do financially? So for all of us co-founders, it kind of came in a different time too, because, you know, if you have the privilege of a partner who makes uh, money and you can actually not take a salary on for a while, then you can go for a full time sooner than somebody else might be able to. So a lot does depend on your personal finances. And that is where I believe a lot of privilege comes into entrepreneurship. That's why sometimes you see... Like it, uh, successful entrepreneurs become successful again because they have made the money to be able to even go and, and invest in an new venture right so there 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 is that piece to it um and I think uh you know when you have to be paying attention to your business plan too you might say you might make a plan when i'm bringing this so much money when I have enough money to do two hires, when I have enough time, money to hire a virtual system for a long time, we just wanted to take our money and put it back in the business. And that might be your plan as well, that you just want to keep it back in the business till a certain time. But eventually, you need to pay yourself for your work. And otherwise, you will burn out. You will be resentful. And uh, you just have to kind of stay in touch. And I would, again, get advice around that. We had a very good business advisor who sat us down and said, "Okay, guys, this is ridiculous. You're making this much money. It's time you guys took a salary. You deserve it. And we were like, we were so nervous. We're like, but what if we stop making money? He's like, look at your business plan. You're not planning on stopping making money. you got a whole bunch of things here telling me you, you are going to make money. So do you believe in your business plan? And we're like, heck yeah. He's like, well then, time to start paying yourself. So sometimes it's good to get that outside voice of reason to get fresh eyeballs on the situation. So that's where I, again, go back to make sure you have good advisors.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. I think those are some great points. And you know, key factors for entrepreneurs to really think about with business and again going back to again using those resources and you know finding those mentors or advisors that can really help you move that business forward so um thank you so much for sharing because I think that's such a great you know piece of advice for entrepreneurs um and speaking of plans do you have any future plans for yourself or your business you'd like to share
0: well you know what I uh we are just we've got growth on the mind we're a little bit COVID recovery mode. We had no camp season last year, which is a busy season for us with all the labels. Back to school is quite good, but we're now still, uh, we did a pivot. We started selling masks, and face shields and doing things like that. So I was really proud of our team for that. Um, but now we're just focusing on plowing ahead. We're back on track for our product development to roll out and we've got an exciting new general manager at the office and some really awesome young staff, we're entrepreneurial and really innovative. So we're just, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep going along and, and, uh, and then plowing along at Mabel's Labels.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to see all of that come together. And where can people go to follow along um, with the business as well as yourself online? Awesome, Sarah. Well,
0: they can go to Mableslabels.com, of course, to see our products and to see on there. You can see my blog and about us um, and follow us on Insta at Mabel's Labels.
1: I'm on Insta at cool. Julie. Um, we're kind of everywhere. We're easy to find. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for coming on today and sharing your story and about your business and all of your amazing advice. So thank you so much. Such a pleasure, Sarah. Lovely speaking with you. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.